Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. I'm Nick Friedman. I'm Lee Alec Murray. And I'm Leah President. And this is Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect. We are a new show breaking down the anime news, views, and shows you care about each and every week. I can't think of a better studio to bring something like this to life. Yeah, I agree. We're covering all the classics. If I don't know a lot about Godzilla, which I do, but I'm trying to pretend (laughs) that I don't right now. Hold it in. And our current faves. Luffy must have his due. (laughs) Tune in every week for the latest anime updates and possibly a few debates. Oof. I remember, what was that? (laughs) Say what you're going to say and I'll circle back. You can listen to Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect every Friday wherever you get your podcasts. And watch full video episodes on Crunchyroll or the Crunchyroll YouTube channel. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Hello and welcome to The Long Run. A little bit different this week. We are in the midst of school holidays, so um, we're away. So we are doing a chat about the London Marathon. All your questions. We've got plenty of questions, haven't we, Chris, oh, from nice. our viewers and listeners. Yeah. And um, we thought it's a good opportunity to wade through those and have a general chat about the London Marathon because it's not too far away now. Mm-hmm. And um, obviously people have got lots of inquiries to make or they want to know what's going to go on, what to expect and sort of thing. So we're going to tap the brains of Chris Ford Um Question Master Alan, who's um, been given a week off from his lightning round this week, so he'll be um, able to interject, having run the London Marathon himself, and producer Toby's here as well. Yeah, so, what's Toby um, going to be doing? Actually, that's a good point. What, what's Toby going to be Toby's doing? Toby's going to be pressing the buttons and making a sound one. Oh, okay. Does, can he make sugar in my coffee, right, Toby? Tough job. It's a tough gig. No I just interrupt you just to thank everybody, and I mean everybody, who's who who commented, liked, uh, sent in emails? We have been uh, inundated. I think's the word. It's like being a, a a tidal wave of questions coming in about the um, what's it called? About the, uh, what's it called? What we're doing here about <laughs> about the London Marathon already? He's gone. I'm going to let the viewers in. Well, the viewers and the podcast listeners into a little secret. So where we do this, right? There is a little chat that we have amongst us. And we can type things in to, to draw t- attention to ourselves. And I was too busy reading that to, and then I forgot what I was actually saying. So there you go. So just. <laughs> but this is this is your London Marathon one stop shop. We're going to yeah, cover pretty it. much and everything, I'm, aren't we, mate? And you're not, and on the podcast, you'll be able to see it, but I'm wearing my 40th London Marathon um, top that I earned from mm. the uh, 40th London Marathon. Um, actually, I was clearing out my t shirts the other day. I had about, I reckon I, I close to a million. Can somebody email in longrunshow at gmail.com if you've got more than me uh, race T-shirts? Because I, I, I reckon I had about you a million. I, I gave them to um, Salvation Army. I bagged them up and gave them to the Salvation Army. Um, which what I thought a great idea because it's always difficult to know what to do with all these ones, isn't it? Because you get so many. Well, Al makes them into blankets, which is a good idea. Um mm. Because he's Check old. Check the old people's home. Yeah, well, well, they wheel him around the garden. I sell them on. <laughs> Where they wheel him around the garden. Marketing opportunity. So that's how that's how they do it there at the old people's home. 
So oh, yeah. there he is, bless him. But no, it was uh, it was funny because I found this in the bottom. So, I don't know about you again. When you please email us in at the Long Run Show because we haven't got live comments or questions this week. But um, let us know about your t-shirts, you know, because I found this in the drawers. I mean, you can see it's not been well. You can't because you listen to the podcast, but it's uh, it's very creased and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. let me know about your t-shirts. Do they take pride of joy, or do you do what I do and? So we're we're coming from this a little bit of a different perspective this week because we've all got different London experiences. If I just talk about myself, I've never run the London Marathon. Mm. I'm due to do my first marathon um, a a fortnight after this year's London Marathon in Yorkshire. But um, I actually live about 100 yards from the route. I live about a mile from uh, Greenwich Park and Blackheath where – those lucky enough to have um, got a place in this year's event will be congregating to head off on their 26 miles. And um, I, so I live in the area and I know a little bit about where good places to be might be to meet mm. people, to see transport links, things like that. So mm. there'll be, a, I'm sure there'll be a few inquiries about that. Now, Chris, how many times have you run London? I, I think, and I may be wrong. It's four. I think. Um, I'm think. going after my fifth medal. I'm not sure. I can't remember because the virtual stuff. I've now it's now skewed, isn't it? Mm. So I can't remember exactly. I am terrible. I should have. But if we talk, if we talk in this case about obviously, you know, the, the experience of running twenty six point two miles is going to be the same, whatever course you're doing. But if we talk specifically about London, the actual physical course, that would be three. Then you've done. I think. I think it's three. I think it's three. I can't. Yeah, I think it is. I can't remember. And you've got a place for this year as well. I'm you? looking at my medals, so I'm I'm trying to see if I can see. Anyway, sorry. Um, and you've got a place for 2021, haven't you? Yeah, got a place for 2021. So I'll be on the start line in October. I'm super excited um, to be running it. Tobe's running it as well, which is good news. Uh, so I'm going to annoy him for just under. Is this your hours. first London, Tobe? Yeah, it's a bit more. You can't just nod your head, mate. <laughs> I, know, yeah, I was on mute. I was on mute. <laughs> I didn't want to make that mistake. Be that guy, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, this would be obviously virtual last year, but this would be the first. This this actually obviously virtual last year, then did Dorney, which is a bit no, between, hey, stop a minute. No, stop, 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 stop. I completely you it. didn't do Dorney. I did. You went Thought into the Portaloos, right? And then you went for a little jog gone. around the lake. <laughs> but I still completed the mileage. I know you had to send the drone out for me near the end and check <laughs> out to the line. <laughs> <laughs> that's true that's true we sent the drone out <laughs> check out still there you're worried i might have you know might not make oh. it the last bit but yeah so so i did that so this will be my first proper experience on a marathon with a crowd hopefully obviously mm. we don't know what it's going to be like this year in october but i'm looking forward well, to it. i think it'll be interesting actually talking about the crowds because where we did london landmarks Ian, uh, and you yeah. were there out as well. There, there was a noticeable um, decrease, I would say, in the number of um, spectators. But that said, I think October is still, you know, a couple of months away. Um, I think as well with the marathon, you get more casual observers. Yeah. The majority of people who were at the landmarks would have been supporting people who were competing. Yeah, exactly. Whereas so, lots of people will go out to them, oh, let's go and watch the marathon. Exactly. Weren't, they weren't there. Yeah, I think... I think it will. I, I think it will. It will still be a decrease in normal numbers because of um, what's going on in the world, and, and rightly so. Um, and I hope you know everyone is safe and, and, and stays well if they come out and support us. Um, but it will be interesting to see. But I still think that we, it'll be. Uh, we've got the big half as well just before it, so that's usually a gauge in terms of. You know, people coming out, so that's that's quite a large event. So that'd be and, we, and, we, and we've all experienced in the last eighteen months or so with the uh, with the pandemic how quickly things can change in the space mm. of a week or two. So, yeah. um, fingers crossed, everything will you know ca- continue on the uh, the same momentum as it has for like for the last couple of months. Yeah, let's, let's it just... should be as normal as possible. Alan, you looking forward to it, mate? You you this year? I, I have got a place. I've got a charity place for for twenty twenty one. Who are you running for, mate? It's a charity called Dreams Come True. So they they work with um, very sick kids, try and get them to that all in you know the Disney trip, that kind of once in a lifetime experience yeah. when they're perhaps facing 
the worst. So really looking forward to that. But unfortunately, training's not been going so well. Had a bit of a uh, injury, missed three weeks, and I'm really on the cusp of deciding whether 2021 is a goer for me. I'll be using the big half as a little bit as a final test to see whether I've got that distance in me, given mm. that I've missed some pretty crucial weeks of long runs. So got it on. I'm there. I've got a bib, but I'm just not sure yet. Well, we'll wish you well, mate, in doing that. You know, it's a, absolutely. It's, it's a, many people will say. You know, people have said to me, you know, I'm doing my first one this year. They're not in London, but um, and it's sort of like it's it's like the lap of honour doing the race. It's the training and getting through it. That's the real hard work and tough grind. Then, Chris. Yeah, get, getting through the training. It's 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 a real. I've said it before. It's a real test, and I, I think people they still underestimate it. I mean, I underestimated it when I when I did when I trained for my first. Um, you do, you can't. It, it, whatever way you look at it, a marathon is a long way, right? Uh, I know we had Ian on uh, recently about talking about ultras, but a marathon is a long way. Running for between, you know, let's say most everyday runners are running between three and a half hours and seven or eight hours, right? It's a long time to be running. It's a mental challenge and a physical one. But the training that you do for those 16, 17 weeks or whatever you're training, it's, it's brutal. I mean, it's, you know, you're going out there three, four, five, sometimes six times a week and, and you know, and your body, your immune system and your, and, and everything's taking a hit. And it's, it is a real strain. It is, it is tough. It's not, it's not easy. It's just, you say that it's the, the actual race itself is, is the, is really the, not, it's not the hardest point. It sounds silly, but the, the training, those days where you don't fancy going out, and, you know, and like Tobe and I, when we, the other day when we had to do 20 miles and it was chucking it down. And I mean, chucking it down. Like it, that we had raincoats on. We had, I had a black bat, a black bin liner on when I started off and we, and we were still getting wet. It was insane. But you're still out there. You're still doing 20 miles. And that's what I think people, people do forget. But yeah, so it will be nice to get to the start line. Um Especially to say we was meant to be doing the virtual one this year, but we switched. We've got a charity place late. So it's... um. I'm looking forward to seeing what it's all about. I, I absolutely love it. The, uh, the like, I like the whole day, you know, getting up. I usually stay in Tower Bridge because you can jump on the uh, the train easy to Greenwich and then you get yourself up to uh, to, to the park, um, take your time, you know, and then get into uh, – I've always been Red Star. I've never been to any of the others, but you take the walk up the hill up in Greenwich Park up to the where you go through the, the big arch of the Red – Thing and there's all the on the right hand side there's all the geezers in the rhino costumes all getting set up and all that kind of stuff and then you go through underneath the red arch and then there's all the trucks down the left hand side with all the amazing volunteers who are taking all your bags and stuff you've got the bandstand up the other end where collins big pink dress collins usually at um he's up there with you know some of the other people bbc's usually up there it's always good to go up there if you want to try and um say hello to your mum on tv go up there by the bandstand and then you got down. Uh, you got the men's and women's changing rooms. Uh, we met there in there last time. Uh, when, last time we was out, we met there. Got changed in there, um, and then hung out. And then they, then they put on a big screen to start, so you get you know you get to see like the wheelchair start. You get to see, you know, the the elite runners like I was the other week at London Landmarks. You get to see, <laughs> so I get to see I got that in there, and you get to see all them go off and 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 the build up. You start, you know, like if if they've got a celebrity start or like one year we did it, the Queen started us and and all this sort of stuff. You get to the, the, the it all starts, the vibe starts coming, and you can really start feeling the emotion. Yeah, your anxiety levels start building, but and then you get called into your pen, and then you're sitting there. I mean, we was was it last year mucking about, you know, warming up. Like, because everyone else was, um, and then you're just you're just buzzing to get through, and then, and then you're off. And the one thing I would say, right? Uh, everyone says, "Oh, London Marathon, it's flat," and it is relatively flat, right? But the first three miles, yeah. I would describe as undulating. It is. Mm. It's not. It's not dead flat. Would you agree, Alan? Yeah, I, I remember. Kind of, uh, there's a bit just before the two waves meet where you're mm-hmm. kind of really kind of hammering it down and you're still excited because you're still in that first 5K and you suddenly have to pull yourself back and go, no, slow down because yeah. <laughs> there's going yeah, to be a long way to I mean, go. I, am right, I live right in the middle of the where they converge. 
So I always used to have to try and get across the road twice when I was going into work on marathon day because it was a complete nightmare and try to get a day off or work from home. But that's another story. And then you do, and I do a lot of my stock miles around that little bit. And you come, you've got to go down the hill to get to like along the Woolwich Road and go back before you go back into Greenwich. Yeah. It's uh, yeah, no, sorry, I just hope he's laughing because I know I know where I know all the fast food restaurants all the way along. I did mm-hmm. one video last one year when I was blogging it. The um, that I was picking out because there was a there was a KFC because that wasn't open. Then there was the McDonald's, and then I was like picking them off as I went through. And, it, and for me, it's just those sort of mental markers. And actually, mm-hmm. it is a tip if you if you want you know want tips for to for the London map. And we'll get onto that when we get into the comments and questions and stuff like that. But it is to pick out, it's to know those sort of milestones. Aim for different things as you're going mm-hmm. along the route. So like. You know, first first thing I always think of is the vicar who's got holy water and spraying you with holy water. It's about two miles in, right? And then you converge three miles in, KFC. Then you start heading into... Um, Greenwich. Greenwich. And then you, you got then you think, right, I've got to get to Cutty Sark, right? Cutty Sark. I see my brother on the left because he comes down because he drops me off. I see my brother on the left, Cutty Sark. Turn the corner. Then the next milestone for me, Tower Bridge. Get to Tower Bridge. I'm halfway. You're not. You're, you're not a million miles away from it. Right, now I've got to get... Now, this, this is where it battles. The mind starts battling. I've got to get up in the Millwall, Mud Shoot, all that area. And that's... And there's a big left turn up there. Mm. You've got There's a pub on the corner and there's a left turn and you can see Canary Wharf and you think, oh, she's blinding. It's only... I'm, I'm nearly at Canary Wharf. It ain't. You've still got like four four, four miles or whatever it is. Yeah. If you're and thinking it, of like... If folks are thinking like the East Enders map, it's that loop, that yeah. U-shape. And it, it's that's tough up my shoe. And I remember the one the year I did it when it was like running the marathon on the surface of the of the sun up round there where all the buildings just got to it was like an oven because there was no air. But you you turn and you see Canary Wharf and you think right, I've only got to get there because at mile 19, 18, 19 is the forty runs cheer station. So I know that you know for me selfishly, my family's going to be there and, and all that. So I'm just motivated. To get there, and effectively, once you've done that, you exit Canary Wharf, and the race starts. Because all you, I then think, right, I've got to get to, I've got to get to Embankment, see the London Eye, Big Ben, turn for Westminster. If you can realise, if as I'm talking, I know the route because I know the, mm. I know the points in which I've got to get through to get to get across the line, and that's how is my number one tip is to break the race down. I've just gone through it, how I break the race down. And mm. if you if you look at that on the map, that's basically every – I've broken it down to three, four, five-mile sections. So that's how I'm working. And when you're in Canary Wharf, don't be surprised if the wind picks up because it, it can really rattle through there, through the um, through the big buildings and that. And it's a, but it's it's a, it's like Ian, as you come into Canary Wharf, there's actually – and I, I always have walked it because – by then, my brain is every time I've done it, my brain's like mush. I've never really run a London marathon that I'm happy with, but you go, you go up, and it and it feels out. Do you know the hill I mean into Canary Wharf to get up actually yeah. into the bit where all like the big like Barclays and HSBC and it, it used to be a McDonald's on that corner, but they closed it. Mate. <laughs> no, there is a McDonald's down as you exit. By the way, I, I just point that out. Um, <laughs> Just shows you I still know where I'm at. But there is like a little. If you walked it normally, right, you would think it was just just a small little hill but when you're at my it's like miles 18 i think it is and you're going up into canary wharf it is it feels like brutal it ain't yeah but it feels like it and it just shows you break you. the mush and then you turn into canary wharf and your gps gets screwed as well and then oh, yeah, really GPS is like screwed in canary wharf. just just be prepared but the noise from the people as you run because of the buildings are closed it is epic and then you leave it and it's actually quite lonely when you leave canary wharf because it got you get all that noise and then it gets quite quiet and then you get the tunnel sections on the way back yeah. that you if you're running big half you get them on the way out mm. and they're quite lonely places to be um, because again it's that it's, you're you're coming into mile twenty territory and, that, and that's when start things start weird happening in your brain because you've got a very quiet period while you're going around the Isle of Dogs before you so you've got the Canary Wharf in the middle which is a load of noise and then you've got mm. a real quiet period yeah. before you get around there and a real quiet one afterwards. Yeah, and then you basically in your t- mile twenty-two is the when you get to mile twenty-two, you're going down. If you don't landmark in, you know that hill up. Yeah, that's mile. You know Tower Hill is mile twenty-two, twenty-three. 
Mm. Once you're there, you're basically just, you, you know, you, you roll out. Yeah, your 5k left. It's, it still feels forever that you've got to get and you see the London Eye on your left and end up to Big Ben. It feels forever. Mm. But if you can get to that Tower Hill, Tower Bridge area, um, honestly, you, you, you're, you're there. So that's that's where you've got to believe, start really believing in yourselves. So there you go, folks. That's a, that's the you know, without getting to the euphoria of finishing. That's pretty much you know pretty good synopsis of uh, what's in store for you if you've got a place. Now, Chris, what sort of questions have people been asking us? What do they what would they like to know? We've had, we've had loads. We've had, we get the usual ones. We get the, the the you know the where's the toilets and, and there's plenty of toilets. People, there's, there's toilets all along the course, right? So don't worry about that. If you're Tobin, you need to go about eight times. There's plenty of portaloos. There's about a million portaloos in the. Paul uh, couldn't find one. Yeah, yeah, it's true. But there is a million portaloos in the pens at the start, uh, at the in the race village things in the uh, and there's loads along the along the streets. So if you're worrying about the toilets, I think you should be worried about other things than, than the toilets. But it's a natural thing to worry about. We've seen them. We've seen the fueling ones. I think people are always worried about fueling. Well, hopefully you've got your fueling strategies set before you go and do the race, people. Um, I would do you know what they've got, Chris? You... What they serve, those Lucas Aid and what's the fuel? We've had, uh, I, I've been there and it's been LucasAid sport every time. The gels, I could, it, it's been a mixture. One year they had like this like stuff that was just minging and, and some other bits, but they, they changed, they changed it not too much. I think it's all, has it been high, not high five? It might have even been LucasAid sport, but whoever it was, they were giving out. But LucasAid sport was always available. Now that stuff's like liquid, like nitrogen, I think, for, for a runner. It's just neat sugar. It's brilliant stuff. Um, but if you're not used to having it, obviously it can cause you problems. So just be, just be aware. I'm now going to start, Tobe, and this is a note to you. I'm going to start taking that out on my runs because I'm doing London physical. <clears throat> I've got to get used to taking it because it will be out on the street. So um, it's a good top up to have for me. So if you've got getting that, that getting your your body used to it. But there's so much water. I'm not saying there's so much water that year I talked about when it was like the world's hottest marathon. They ran out of water when we got up to Millwall. It was murder, absolute murder. I didn't have any water for like three miles. It was terrible. Uh, but that wasn't their fault. But there'll be plenty of water. Mm. There, there's, you know, stuff out in the course you can take. But obviously, you know, hopefully you, you should have all your strategies in place. to Before you go out, you should know your fueling. You should know when you're going to be uh, taking the gel, whether it be, you know, 45 minutes, 60 minutes. I mean, whatever it is. I mean, Al, what, what's your fueling strategy? When do you take stuff on? It tends to be every forty-five minutes. If I'm if I'm honest, you, you get so engrossed in the race and everything that's going on, it's kind of like sometimes you have to set a watch reminder to kind of give you a nudge. That's Certainly, what I, when I did it in two thousand and nineteen. There were points where I kind of realised I'd gone fifty, fifty-five. I think the longest was an hour, um, and I probably paid for that a little bit. So you can't overestimate. Just kind of. And again, if you can think about that in relation to what you said, those key milestones at the race, there's probably that visual prompt. So you're not, you know, your mushy brain isn't trying to work out where am I? Should I be taking one? You go, I'm at Tower Bridge. I'm taking one. You know, that would be a piece of advice. If you can align that, it just takes some of the effort away. The other thing I found I mean, is I'm probably good. overhydrated. And by the time I got to the embankment, I was just sick of drinking. I kind of just taken water every opportunity and it was too much. You know, I, I, it was just so much sloshing around. So you'll be used to it, so because uh, you're carrying all that water and, and Chris will be, you know, <laughs> for you. For me, that was a real no-no. So I'm not going to be making that mistake again. Yeah, it's a funny so, one, the, 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 the drinking. You're right. Everyone sees, just to give you a heads up, people who's listening to this, just because there's a water station, doesn't mean you have to take water. Drink to thirst. Drink, drink to, you know, hydrate. Make sure you're hydrated. But they're, they're every mile. But you don't have to take something every. I mean, if you got, if you want to, take a little sip and go. It's important that you drink to thirst and you stay hydrated. I'm not telling you not to drink. Please drink, right? But don't do what Alan's done and and you've gone the complete opposite and have too much it, it, it just practice do whatever you've done in your long runs don't just because it's race day 
Go out and do something different. Why would you? It just makes no sense. Stick to your strategy, hydrate and fuel as you have done in your runs. If you're worried about carrying your gels, get yourself a flip belt or a naked belt or, you know, whatever one of those sort of belts or get the ones, or don't get the shorts Toby's got because his gels go all over his, his pants basically every time he runs. Um, but you yeah. can get those, you can get those shorts that you can put your gels in. Um, but carry something that you can put your gels in because you'll have water and hydration out on the course that you can take to wash them down. So, or if you're taking, um, we're talking about gel, uh, gels, people, but some people can't tolerate them. So if you've got natural food, you know, uh, a flip belt's brilliant at something like that because you can roll it up and put it put it in there. Um, that That's other ways of carrying, you know, your food. And I mean, I take my phone with me because I like to listen to the long run podcast as I um, go around doing my marathons. Uh, do you see I've got the plug in, boys? Um, but yeah, actually, and that's another tip. I don't know whether we'll, we best get onto these questions, but me personally at London, I've never ran it with music. Um, I've had my headphones there for those dark moments because you will get them and get ready for them. And, you know, I've had the ability that that sort of comfort blanket around my neck to be able to put my earphones on, but I never put them on because the, the, the noise from the crowd, them shouting your names. I was, um, I can't remember which year. I blew up one year. Uh, my hamstring went and I was really struggling. And I was walking along embankment and, and someone shouted from the other side of the track, other side of the course, go on 40, get going. Right. And I don't know who he was, but somebody shouted out. And I, if I had my earphones on, I never would have heard that. So they shouted from the other side of the road, go on 40, get going. And I picked myself up and I then ran to the finish, even though I, I, I'd done my hamstring. So that's the sort of thing you miss. And, and people shouting out your name, people, strangers, shouting out your name um, to make sure you put your name on your vest. It's a really, really important tip to get your name as as bold and bright. Obviously, you've got your charity vest. If you're running for charity, make sure that's prominent. Raise awareness for the charity. But make it as big as you can, your name, what you want shouted at you, because people will shout your name at you. And at mile 20, 21, 22, people shouting your name and telling you to get going can be the difference between you know, you walking the rest of the course and you, you know, picking up your feet and putting one in front of the other. So, yeah. So, um, yeah. So, actually, I'll tell you what, let's get into, because we had, we've had so many. Let's, yeah, let's get into some really. of these questions. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So, take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Huh? Okay, then. Um, let's, I'll start. Um, we've got, um, what do we know about this year's, of, what will be different about this year's event? We've sort of touched on that a bit, haven't we? Yeah, we I think we spoke about that. I, I, I assume that it will go along the same lines as the big half London landmarks and, and that kind of stuff. I think. Yeah. In terms now, of our, our good friend Mel House, who's been a guest on the podcast as well, mm-hmm. um, she says, what are the best ways to meet up with family and friends afterwards? What's your experience oh, of that? Yeah, chop tip there. Now, I always meet my brother at the same point. Um, here's a really good tip for everybody. Pick a letter like X, Y or Z to meet at because most people's surnames don't begin with X, Y, or Z. That's a top tip for you. So just because, you know, I think how popular Smith is as a surname or Bowley as a surname, it's really, really, really popular. Common. So pick yourself a, a letter like, I don't know, K, that not many people would meet at if you're going to meet at the letters. The other thing 
um, is if you're up there the day before, because a lot of people travel down and stay the weekend, go and find somewhere along the Mall or somewhere around Trafalgar Square that you will meet and agree a place afterwards away from the finish. So my brother and I, we always meet. There's a statue at the end of the mall, Pall Mall, wherever it is. I can't remember what the name of the road is, but I know the statue. And we've uh, and I took a picture of it one year. I was up there and I said, right, we're going to meet there. And every year we've met there. One year I was like laying down. <laughs> I had enough. Um, but we always meet at the same point. So if you're up there the, for the weekend, pick a point in which you know um, and you agree to meet away from the finish. Or, like I said, if you've got people coming in, you won't get a phone signal, by the way, but uh, agree to reach a, a letter that's not popular. But all I would say, it's really hard to find people even at those letters because we've all we all look the same mm. we, to to people who don't know us or to sorry to people who know us even that you know you're still going to look the same because we've all got race vests on you know and and we, we've all got medals around ourselves and it's very hard to pick people out so the best advice apart from picking a, a letter that doesn't is is find a predetermined place mm. take a picture of it on your phone and agree to meet there but away from the finish there are if you the finish in the mall. If you get to the mall, you know within a five minute walk of the mall, you can be in some real sort of like little nooks and crannies and places where there's not many people about. I mean, we yeah. went to the landmarks and found a pub right off the beaten track. There was no yeah, one in there. It was about five minutes, ten minutes walk from the finish. Look, you know, look, there are lots of if, you, know, if you're going up early, which I, I would assume many of you will be. You, many of you will be making a weekend of it. On Saturday, without trooping around the whole town, don't go looking at Nelson's column and mm. go around the National Gallery and go for a day out and all that sort of thing. But try and find a convenient place, a pub or something like that, or a landmark that you can meet people out there. Isn't going to be particularly yeah. busy within about a ten-minute walk of the finish. Yeah, I, I would get away from. I would get away from the mail as quick as you can. Once you finish, right, get get out of Dodge because. It, it's super busy and you and you won't get it. so just keep walking it's good for your legs anyway mm. go and find a place away from it you know green park i just mentioned starbucks there's a starbucks on vigo street just off regent street that's a quiet place savile rose a quiet place um anywhere around there um you know get just get away from from the mall uh green park um you know that's sort of heading towards yeah. you know the ritz that kind of way there's some toilets and stuff like that just get away from the scene of the crime. You probably will have to walk because there's no real immediate tube stations or anything no. like that. And even if there are, they might be shut anyway. No, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't even try and attempt. I think oh, one year I walked to Holborn. I've gone up to other places. So yeah, you just want you just want to get get away from the finish as quick as you can. And my advice is really, I mean, I don't I don't send uh, for spectators. Maybe a tip. Um, I don't send my uh, wife and kids to pick me up. Uh, I send them home because it's just absolute pandemonium. I I meet them at home. I I um, my brother comes and meets me. But if you haven't got the, you know, you've got a sibling or someone to come and meet you or someone else to come and meet you, then then try and you know another runner or whatever go and get yourself home. Just it's a great atmosphere, but at the same time, it's super super busy and it and it can take a while. And especially I think with this year with the restrictions and everything, it's probably worth just getting home, getting out of there um, as quick as you can. Right. So what we got next? Um, well, I mean, a bit of a link to this sort of thing is that um, Sue Landers asked, where's the best place for people to watch for spectating? Canary Wharf. Um, I would say Greenwich, Gren- down at Greenwich uh, is good. Uh, not mm. Sark, but before that, um, I would go, I would go there. Along and- the main road, yeah. Yeah, and then I would then I would probably get over to Canary Wharf because that's quite easy to do DLR that straight over. Yes. Canary Wharf is usually a pretty quiet place and it's a good place to pick your runners up because 18, 90 miles, we're all struggling. So it's a real lift if you can see them around there. And there's, and there's it sounds funny, but there's loads of toilets, places to eat around in Canary Wharf. So it's a really good place. People don't go there um, because it is a yeah. pain in the bum to get to. But if you come from Greenwich, you can jump on the DLR and straight yeah. over there. So... Um, yeah, in the, opening half of the mar- in the opening half of the marathon, for a spectator's point of view, you, the DLR is your best friend because you can, if you're seeing people at the start of Blackheath, you can literally walk down the hill and you will be at Cutty Sark, which is obviously going to be is one of the most busiest places. But you can walk down the roads in either direction from there and mm. get a bit of space, and you'll still only be, you know, 
within a half a mile of a DLR station. And then the DLR station, there's Cutty Sark for Maritime Greenwich or Greenwich Station. They both serve um, Canary Wharf. And then when you're at Canary Wharf, if you want to get to um, get to the tower or get down that way, then you can get a, a DLR from Canary Wharf to Tower Gateway, yeah, which yeah. is next door to Tower Hill, which will get you on um, either the um, circle or district line. Hopefully they'll be running because they weren't running the other day. No, so check your yeah, tube stations because I got off the train at Cannon Street and then had to walk to Bank because – yeah. The tube service wasn't going to, so please keep an eye on your tube stations yeah. because they will shut them. They won't care. No, so they don't. keep an eye on that. And right, what, what else have we got here? That's going to be. So your circle line, district line, your DLR, they are going to be your key public transport networks. But, of course, it's marathon day. They'll get very, very busy, so get, allow yourself plenty of time. What else you got there, mate? I've got to give a shout-out to Mandy Wilson, uh, one of the emails. Um, she's got a uh, she's got a ballot place. Wow, um, she's done catch the five k. She's doing um, the uh, the marathon training. Chris Evans, Martin Yelling book apparently. Um, wow, well, she's just saying she's looking forward to it. So big shout out to uh, to Mandy. Good yeah, luck good luck, there. Mandy. Uh, what have we got here? Uh, some Christopher uh, London marathon. I try. Uh, Wondering where would you run on the Saturday for a three mile run? I'm coming down from the northeast on Friday. I'm stopping at Trafalgar Square. Um, how good effective is the bag drop? The bag drop is amazing, right? The bag drop is incredible at the London Marathon. And what you what you'll find is they know you as you come up to get it. They've already got your bag for you um, because they you're in another world, right? You're probably crying, dribbling, trying to get a cell phone, uh, a mobile signal, which you won't get by the way, and you don't know what day it is. And as you're walking up doing all this, the people, the amazing volunteers um, in the big trucks, I've already spotted your number and I've already got your bag. So don't worry about your bag and the bag drop and all that kind of stuff. That's one of the best bits and the easiest bits. Um, in terms of a three mile run on the Saturday, there is Alan, you probably know this. There's a part run in uh, around, wow. Where's, uh, where is it in London? It's by the, is it Olympia? Around that's no, not Olympia. Um, yeah, I don't know. Being a, being a London, I've never run it. So where is it? Yeah, I've, I've always stayed. He's staying here. I've seen people who have said that if people fancy doing a park run and they're staying in the Tower Bridge area, then you can get the DLR to um, Shadwell and then the Overground to um, well, oh, what's it called? It's the Southwark um, Canada Water, and next door to Canada Water Station is Southwark Park Run. That's it. That's the one I'm thinking there. of. That's the one I'm thinking of. Yeah. So if I'll you're go looking there. to do a three-mile run on Saturday, go to do a park run. We'll jump on Because the there's no park out. runs in the actual Royal Parks in London. And be warned that a lot of them, um, like the Greenwich Park Run, is nowhere near Greenwich. And they're yeah. well out of the – named by the borough rather than their immediate near proximity, the tube stations and things like that. Yeah. I, I, I went, well, you could even jump on a train, come out of the Hertfordshire, come get off at Broxbourne and do Bartley Park. Yeah, Mile End. There's a good park run at Mile End as well, which is on the DLR. It's a 10-minute walk from Limehouse Station. Yeah, so there you go. So hopefully that helps. Right, what, what else have we got off the um, Facebook? Uh... Well, we've got quite a lot of questions about sort of like the aftermath of um, what they get, uh, what's the best way to recover. What should they do sort of like in a couple of days up to a week afterwards. Um, if you just bear with me. Um, okay. Yeah, Linda White, yeah. she said, um, my training plan finishes with the marathon. Would welcome some advice on what to do the following week instead of in in terms of running. What should she do? Now, I'm going to throw this over to Alan, right, and then I'll come back on it because, Alan, Hanson plan, they say about, is it taking, now I'm going to get this wrong, four weeks off or something? What what the Hanson plan recommends that you should be recovering one day for every mile you've run. So yeah, you know, twenty six miles is about four weeks of any intense running. Obviously, none of us do that, but that's what the plan says. <laughs> so probably get out on the Monday and do the you know the five k recovery run if you can get down the stairs. Would be my advice. Yeah, go down those <laughs> stairs backwards, people. Yeah, it's, get, get the get the recovery flip flops on straight away. Um, that was a godsend when I did mine in yeah. 2019 and start working from there. It's a top tip, actually, right, people? Get yourself down Primark, not sponsored, right? Get yourself a pair of flip-flops. 
Don't worry about these expensive Ufus. Don't worry about these expensive Aussie souls. Sack them all off, right? Because they ain't worth nothing compared to a three pound pair of flip flops from Audi, Primark, whatever you can get your hands on. Get a pair, put them in your bag. Well, I've done a video on what to pack in your bag for London Marathon. Check it out. It's on YouTube. It's a really old video. I might even do a new one this year. Um, but put a pair of flip flops in because the minute you take those socks off your feet, right, and you put those flip flops on that you've purchased for three ninety nine, you will feel like you've just won the thing. Trust me, right? It is unbelievable. And as Alan knows from his middle aisle shopping trips, you can get some bargains in Audi and Lidl. Absolutely, three ninety nine. People, honestly, it is such a good tip, even if it's hammering it down. Get those flip flops. You, you chuck them away, right? When you get home, chuck them away because you're going to be walking through the tube and whatever. That's why I won't waste the money on those ufus and all that. To it. Um, put them on if you want to spend that. Let's blame them as a sponsor of the long run podcast so, for future. But never mind. This yeah. is another question going on with this. It's sort of like, what should people pack in their post race bag then, apart from their well, flip flops? Watch the video. I've done a video on this, right? On, on I think I've done a couple on what to pack in your bag, but. First thing that goes in is a bottle. I'm talking a bottle. You know, like the, the what are they, 350 millimetres? I don't know what they're, 250 millimetres of Coca-Cola. Don't matter if you drink it or not. Full fat Coca-Cola is the first thing that goes in that bag. The Red Ambulance. Stick that in there. I'll never forget, We the captain was rotten after one of the marathons we did. He went in the St. John's Ambulance. She went, there you go, mate. Get your laughing gear around that. About five minutes later, he was back to his old self. So it is the best thing. Then you put your flip-flops in. Then you probably want to put something in that you're probably going to want as a as a sort of some form of post-race snack. Now, the bag they give you will be full of turp, right, leaflets that you've just been. So thanks, London Marathon, for being it. What is it, environmentally friendly, and then giving you like three tons of leaflets that you've thrown up in. So that's absolute nonsense what they're talking about. Um, but in there will be some crisps that will taste like really, really dry. One year they gave you some chili things in there, which whatever, and they give you those nut bars. Have you ever had them nut bars ever after a race? And they're like eating sand. So they give you one of them as well. So um, put something in. My point is, I've obviously gone off and started moaning about everybody, but if you put something in that you know that you want after race, a lot of people like salt and vinegar crisps um, because of the salt and because of the vinegar. See what I did there? Um, but put something in that you know that you crave after, after your – because you probably won't feel like anything to eat, but it is important to get something, even if it is absolute rubbish that you're putting into your body. Obviously, a banana would be good, but you don't want a banana sitting on a lorry for four or five hours while it's being carted about London. Um, they're the sort of things, yeah, I would put – I always <laughs> I always like to put – this is not a paid effort. I always like to put a fresh pair of underwear in so I can get changed. Because it's you, you're sweating all minging and that lot. Uh, you've got your obviously your t-shirt, your fresh t-shirt to put on, but people yeah. don't think about it. <clears throat> wipes, and, towel, stick all that in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So all that baby wipes, wet wipes, number one important thing. Stick them in so you can wipe down under your arms some deodorants because you're going to stink, right? Um, and get all that in there. A pair of sunglasses because you probably would have cried, so your eyes are all going to be puffy. Um, and, and probably one of those portable phone chargers because I'm guessing that you would have zapped a load of your battery before the race, then you'll be panicking throughout the race that you've got no battery, and when you finish, you won't have any battery. So get a little phone charger in there. Um, just coming back, Ian, sorry, on the um, point about recovery. Yeah. I would say, personally, I like to get – how I do – I like to go out and do a recovery run, right? It's never pretty, but I do like to, and I spend the week doing – minimal mileage, minimal effort, but I do like to get out and get my legs moving. But don't forget, you know, I I run six times a week. We do the clubs and, and all that sort of stuff. And then I'm going to be rolling out of the London Marathon. I've got half marathon the week after and I'm running up a mountain. So it's a little bit different for me. So what I would advise everybody is listen to your body, right? See how you feel. But take, you know, if you want to take a day or two off or a week off, you've, you've earned it. So don't beat yourself up if you want to sit about and do nothing. Then do nothing. I, I personally would really recommend active recovery. It's the best way uh, mm. of getting getting that out of your legs is active recovery. So long walks and stuff like getting the pool if you fancy doing a nice casual, you know, swim. Maybe a bit of yoga or or something like that, a bit of stretching and and that kind of thing. 
So active recovery is what I would recommend more than anything else. Uh, but I wouldn't, you, you're going to be damaging your muscles. They, you know, you're going to be ripping them to pieces by doing that. So just take care of yourself, get plenty of protein and just look after yourself because you're going to, your, your immune system takes a really big hit. So make mm. sure you are eating properly after, not straight after the events. You probably want to do what I do and smash the life out of a McDonald's or Papa John's. But, um, after that, just take care of yourself and make sure you're getting plenty of protein, getting all the good stuff to help your body repair from it and drink yeah. light. It's a good point, Chris, isn't it? The post-marathon cold is a real thing. Yes, so, it is. You know, yeah. expect, expect to go down with a sniffle. Oh, I remember one year I was rotten. I, f- I, I felt like I had flu. I, w- I was rotten. Um, I really didn't look after myself first couple of days afterwards in terms of the right stuff of getting, you know, the nutrients and everything that I needed. And, and, I, and I came down with it and I, and I felt, and it was, it was, it was about a four or five day delay. And then I just, I was done. Um, so it is like Anna said, it is a real thing. So yeah, just be careful. We've got anything else in, uh, I'm conscious of time. So make sure. We get um, some yeah. We're just, I mean, we ought to talk, we have talked touched upon nutrition and, um, things like that, but, um, a lot of talk about the wall and mm, concerns about wall. reaching that point where uh, Liz Yule, um, she said, how can I overcome the near to end shutdown? Um, it doesn't matter what event I'm doing. Um, I know I'm near the end. My body says no more. And I hit the wall. I always manage to finish, but I never finish strong. Help. Okay. That's pacing. Um, probably that's race strategy, race craft. That's also the most importantly, probably hydration and fueling. Uh, she's probably got her fueling and hydration wrong. Uh, I'm not saying you, I know that for sure, but that's usually a fair sign of that, that you've not fueled, fueled your race correctly, but also your pacing and your strategy. You want to make sure that you're running a smart race. Um, I always say that, and I think I said it last week, didn't I, boys, that I like to get to halfway uh, in one piece, know where I'm at, and then the race starts. So, and then try and go about my business from there. But it's, right, it's, it's, it's different. Sorry, and yeah, it's on the. But I would, I would say for anybody in terms of the wall, it's, it's funny. I was talking to a, um, a, 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 someone who's done the marathon. He's done it. I think just done, he might have even done it in under three hours, right? And he was saying that the all the wall is 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 it's a mental wall. It's nothing. There's nothing else than it's mental, and it can come. At 13 miles, it can come at three miles. It can come at 20 miles. It can come anywhere. It, yes, there is that, you know, natural body thing of the glycogen levels and all that kind of stuff. And you've got to fuel and you've got to top up and, you know, what you're doing and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, that's scientifically proven. And you can't mess around with that sort of stuff. You've got to make sure you're fueled and all that sort of thing. But a lot of this thing about the wall is a, is about up in your head. Um, I actually physically hit the wall. I was doing a training run and I forgot to fuel and I got to 16 miles and I had that feeling of hitting the wall. I came over lightheaded. Uh, I felt really sick and I didn't feel great at all. And I was up in somewhere. I can't remember where it was. Um, and I, I basically got enough sugar back into my system and then I got myself home because I, I, I just totally forgot to fuel. This was back, you know, when I was, uh, first training out for marathons. Um, but a lot of it, in terms of actually the wall and finishing strong, is 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 your mental is your mental capacity. I think, and I think he's right in what he says. Um, it really does come down to uh, yeah. Obviously, your brain works better if it's fueled and it's hydrated, and it's got everything that it needs to to run more efficiently. Um, but there is always that. Uh, but finishing strong is, is so hard in a marathon. But I think if you can, if you get your if you get your pacing and and your race goes to plan and you get your strategy right whether that be run hard for the first half and then coast on the way back or even split it or, you know, look to negative split it. Um, whatever way you're going to do that marathon that you have practiced in your training, then if you, you know, that's the way to finish strong is to, is to have the right race strategy, which includes your hydration and your fueling. Hopefully, hopefully that answered that. Right. We've got one more and then we better call it a day. Have you got any more? Cause I think we are about. You're all done. Everyone. We just want to sort of wish everybody all the best of luck and hope they enjoy their um, London Marathon experience. I mean, Chris, I'd imagine that would be the one piece of advice that you're giving, just to get out there and enjoy it. It's the biggest piece of advice I can give anybody, really, I think, is personally for London Marathon, 
I would not worry about times. I would not worry about, you know, anything, how many to- toilets there are and, and all that sort of stuff. I, I, I wouldn't worry about anything. I would go, I go to the London Marathon to have a good time. I will go there. I will chat to people as I'm running around. I'll, I'll high five people. I'll, I'll talk to anyone. I'll stop. And, and I, I could, give, you know, I couldn't give a monkeys. I remember the captain was jumping up and down as we went over Tower Bridge. You've got to enjoy it, right? You get one chance on this planet, right? And if you're lucky enough to run the London Marathon, just go and have fun. Just enjoy it. You know, you can run your times. If you want to run a time, go and enter the Dorney Lake Marathon, right? And go and smash a PB. Go to London Marathon, take in the atmosphere and just have fun and and it, and smile when you cross that line. You will cry, but smile after you've like cried and get that medal. Let that person, I don't know if they'll put it around your neck, actually, this year they probably won't. But um, but just enjoy, the, just enjoy the moment that you've accomplished something like so amazing that you've finished the London Marathon and you will finish. There's, there's, I don't know what the percentage is, but there's, it's so high on the number of finishes. Everybody thinks, oh, I've done enough training. Oh, I've not done enough this. Uh, there's no way I can get round there. I can't run it. I can't yes. even run 5K. And you will. You'll get round. You'll get round, 100%. And, but you'll do it if you've got the right mindset. And the right mindset, I believe, is to go there, to have a good time, to soak up the atmosphere, and just have the best day of your life. That is, that's the way you've got to run the, run the marathon. And if you're running for a purpose be it a charity or for in memory of someone, think about them in them dark house. Have a mantra, right, um, while you're out there. Think of – I was talking to a sports psychologist at um, – I was lucky enough to do – meet the experts. I, I went behind and, and spoke to uh, all the people who were presenting. I was lucky enough. Colin got me back there. And I was talking to the sports psychologist, and she said, mantra, have yourself a mantra as you're going around. She said it, it can work wonders in those dark hours, whether that be, you know, I'm doing this for – Gary, or uh, I am awesome, or I've just got to get to the next aid station. Whatever it is, whatever you're making. That's a good thing to think of, isn't it? Now, lots of things that you can do your training that you can't change, lots that you can do. Yeah, write it on your hand, put it on a, put it, you know, get it sewn onto a, a sweat thing, you know, whatever that you can just remind yourself when you're in that, when you're in that moment. Um, but the biggest thing I do is smile. Smile and chat to people um, when you're really having no struggles. In the London Marathon, it's the best place. If you're struggling, it's the best place to struggle because you can you, – there's somebody probably next to you who's in the same place. Have a chat with them. You all right, mate? How you doing? Yeah, not bad. Well, you, you know, and immediately you're in a different place. And, and But, yeah, just smile, enjoy it, people. Have the best time um, and just say – just think to yourself how lucky you are to be doing it. I think that's a brilliant way to end this uh, London Marathon special. Thanks for that, Chris. Um, thanks to Toby and Alan to being with us. We'll be back to normal next week. Um, so we'd love your um, your comments and uh, your questions. Feel free to email us at um, longrunshow at gmail.com. You can uh, pick us up live on uh, YouTube, usually on uh, 7 o'clock on a Friday night. And you can also download the Long Run podcast on uh, Spotify, Yahoo, and uh, Google, and all the usual um, podcast operatives. So thank you very much, gentlemen, and we shall Thanks see you next week. Please let us know how your training's going. Send us, Drop us a line. Stay in touch with the 40 Runs Facebook community, and we will see you next week. Best luck to everybody. Bye, everyone. Take care.